Well, hello, everybody. Getting the lighting set up here. I had to retype the description of this darn thing in three different times because we're streaming on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. How's everybody doing today? Vero's already in the chat. I can see that. How you doing, Vero? Lots of fun things to talk about today. First thing I got to mention is that we do have a new episode of the History of Rock. It is up and available. You guys can check that out. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, Google. Or if you want to watch it, you can actually head on over to my YouTube channel at The Real Brandalorian. Obviously, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're already there. Or if you really want to, you can go to Shim's YouTube channel. He would appreciate that. So we got the History of Rock that just dropped this morning. It was our second episode of Temple of the Dog. We're going to get to uh, Pearl Jam's 10 next. And uh, let me ask you guys a question. Does my camera look like it's fuzzy to you? It's difficult for me to tell from my setup in here. So let me know um, if it looks good or not. I'll give you a quick rundown of what we're talking about today on this program. Final Morbius trailer has been released. Michael Keaton, he's back as the Vulture. And this is what confused me a little bit. What... What, uh, where are we at in the MCU here? Like, what universe is this taking place in? But then we're also going to cover all the upcoming Marvel projects. Give you a rundown of that. Gaming news, Elden Ring has already surpassed half a million players. Tyler bought Elden Ring. And you're thoroughly enjoying it, right, Tyler? I am. Was it worth the full price? Ugh. I think it's a disgruntled uh, yes, maybe. Yes. Tyler doesn't like paying full price for games, by the way. Uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet have been announced. Tyler is going to explain this to me because I don't get it. A survey revealed the most popular Pokemon in each state. Steam Deck. Not to be confused with Stream Deck, which is what I use to switch my scenes over here. It is now available for uh, reservation holders, so we're going to talk about that. Skyrim Grandma Shirley Curry has uh, suffered a stroke. She uh, posted about that. Then entertainment news, we're going to talk about the SAG Awards. Michael Keaton, again, we're going to talk about him. He dedicated his dope sick SAG Award to his nephew that died from addiction. Staying on that addiction topic, euphoria has sparked an increase in young people seeking help for addiction. Amanda Bynes looking to end her conservatorship. And that's all going to be tied into how we're wrapping up today's episode, too, where we're talking about 90s Nickelodeon. And then our final story in entertainment news. Yes, that was the Ukrainian president as the voice of Paddington. Sports news. Liverpool, big win over Chelsea to win the League Cup over the weekend. My Portland Timbers, as you can tell, I'm wearing my Timber shirt today. Uh, they started their season off with a draw, 2-2. Two to two. But uh, Jimmy Chara might have the goal of the year already in game number one. It was uh, it was it was badass. I shared it on my stories over on Instagram. If you want to find that, uh, the IOC that would be the International Olympic Committee. They want Russia excluded from sports. How are they still even involved? It's just, and I'm not talking about the whole invading Ukraine thing. I'm talking about how they're continually busted for PEDs. 
Uh, Kyler Murray, Murray wants a long-term extension. Kyler Murray starting to sound more like a kind of a diva bitch day by day. Uh, the NFL has announced uh, some international games, including some games over in Germany. Or I should say a game with uh, Tampa Bay going to be over there. Major League Baseball, they're still continuing their negotiations, but they're still pretty far apart. And Derek Jeter is stepping down as CEO of the Miami Marlins. We have two MIVA holes today, by the way. And then to wrap things up, we're going to talk about some things that maybe you didn't know about Nickelodeon. Because over the, um, over the weekend, I think it was Saturday, we were on Hulu. And there was a TV show. Uh, or it was a um, documentary about kind of Nickelodeon in the early days, man. Tyler, were you a big uh, Nickelodeon watcher when you were younger? I sure was. It looks like it's called The Orange Years. I don't even think I knew what it was called. What was your... If you could pick one... Oh, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't uh, The Orange Years. It was um, Dark Side of the... Or, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was The Orange Years. Dark Side of the 90s is something else that I've gotten into. I'll get to that in a minute. What would you say is your... Uh, See, I was going to say first memory of Nickelodeon, but what was interesting is as we were watching this documentary, they were showing some of the really early footage of Nickelodeon, like the original stuff. And I remembered all of that. And I was like, God, like an infant. What would you say is like your one big memory that you do have from Nickelodeon? Uh, let's see here. Probably the Rugrats. And there was Doug. I remember the show called, um, was it All That? Ah, uh, yes. Speaking of Amanda Bynes, she was very popular on that. Keenan Thompson as well. Yes. They have some of those guys on this Hulu special, which was pretty hilarious. Which, by the way, nobody answered my question. Does my camera look out of focus? Tyler. I th it looks a little fuzzy, yeah. God, it's just, it, it's baffling me how to get this goddamn thing functioning properly. Like, it just, it doesn't make sense to me. What if I were to... I love that I'm doing this on the show. Ah, Real Monsters. That was also yeah. was one of my favorite shows on Nickelodeon. Angry right, Beavers. Angry Beavers. Ooh, there's a interesting tidbit about Angry Beavers that we'll have coming up at the end of the show today. Maybe something that you didn't know. Okay. Um... But yeah, it was a really interesting documentary. And then one of the other ones that I found over on Hulu, like I just mentioned, it's called Dark Side of the 90s. And for Dark Side of the 90s, it's a series. So the Nickelodeon one that we watched, that was just a one-off. It's like an hour and a half or something like that. But Dark Side of the 90s, I started it last night. Episode 1, Trash TV, Dirty and Deadly Talk. Episode 2, The Viper Room, Hollywood Sanctuary. Episode 3, TV for Teens. Episode 4, Beanie Babies Go Bust. Episode 5, and here's the big one as we're relating it all back to History of Rock, Grunge and the Seattle Sound. But I'm not going to jump to that one. I'm starting at the beginning, and I'm slowly going to make my way through. Uh, episode 6, Baywatch Sex Sells. Episode 7, A Tale of Two Colts. They actually get into the Branch Davidians and Heaven's Gate. Episode 8, Hip Hop, The East versus West Media War which will obviously go into the deaths of Tupac Shakur and, and Biggie Smalls. We have uh, Secrets of the Runway, where it uh, delves into the whole supermodel craze. And then Internet 1.0, don't, uh, don't believe the hype, the dot-com bubble. 
Captain Amber says, I tried Googling Angry Beavers at the public library once. Their safe search did not work. Ugh. You want to be freaked out? Look up the, uh, the horror movie Teeth. Teeth. Look that up real quick, Tyler. I want your live reaction. I have a feeling I know what that is, and no. <laughs> pass. Hard pass. I introduced my kid to the great Muppet caper over the weekend, but everybody fell asleep. I was the only one that watched the whole thing through. I don't think it's because the movie was bad. It's just everybody was tired. Because my kid wanted to finish it. She even asked me. She goes, did we finish the movie? No, you fell asleep, kiddo. And that, that's my go-to Muppet movie. That's the one that we had recorded on a VHS tape when I was a kid. That was it. You ever seen The Great Muppet Caper, Tyler? No, I don't think so. Oh, that's a good one. It's where they go over to England. It's really interesting because the opening scene, you could tell, was shot like at the Universal's set in one of their city scenes. And as all the cars are driving through, none of them have windows because it will reflect the lights of the scene. But yeah, quick reminder here, History of Rock. New episode is up. It's episode two of Temple of the Dog. Shim's got a singing a little ditty there. If you go to my YouTube channel or Instagram, pretty much any of my socials, you can find the little promos that I'm putting out there. And one of our goals here with the History of Rock is... We're doing a deep dive into these albums, and then um, Shim is going to be sing like coming up with some songs off the cuff. And for Temple of the Dog, obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about Pearl Jam. And as we're talking about Pearl Jam, um, we mentioned that the original name of Pearl Jam was Mookie Blaylock, the NBA player. So I had him riff a song about that. So if you want to see just that, you can find that clip. It's on my YouTube. It's also on Facebook. If you're right here on Facebook or if you're over on YouTube, whatever the case may be, it's right there available for you. And it's funny because I shared the post on Reddit as well. And it always interests me when people comment because this one guy commented on Reddit. I'm not sure the actual Mookie Blaylock. And then he puts in, in parentheses, he was a baseball player of some renown at the time, New York Mets. And Jeff Amit was a fan. Which, I don't want to correct the guy. Um, but he wasn't a baseball player. He was a basketball player. And it wasn't the New York Mets. It was the New Jersey Nets. But it was interesting. This guy even comments about how uh, looking for direction after Andy had died and Mother Love Bone died with him. And so I made sure to point out, hey... Sounds like all the stuff that you're into, man. Head on back over to, head on back over to uh, the full episodes because we talk about Mother Love Bone in those first two episodes. Well, let's jump right in here. We're going to be talking about Morbius. Are you looking forward to Morbius at all, Tyler? Uh, it's not really one of my superhero loves, but after watching the trailer, it does look like it's going to be pretty badass. So, okay, it looks kind of interesting, right? Yes, it does. So it says here, and this is what confuses me, is that they're saying that Morbius takes place in the Sony Spider-Man universe, which would also be the Venom universe, which is separate from the MCU. I guess follow me here. 
Because as we learn from Spider-Man No Way Home, in the end credit scene, Eddie Brock, played by Tom Hardy and Venom, they got zapped over here into this universe dur- um, during, the, during that movie. So something's not adding up here, and I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see exactly how it all pans out. But I, I, the more I see of it, because the, the reason that it seems weird is that, okay, so if this Morbius is with Venom in that Spider-Man universe, how is Michael Keaton playing the Vulture over there? Is it just a different variant? Not sure it's going to be the Garfield universe there, Frank, but at least we've moved on from lube. <laughs> so we can take a look at some of the upcoming uh, franchises here and the projects for Marvel's Phase 4. Tyler, I want to get your interest level on each of these, okay? Okay. I would say <clears throat> we'll go on a scale of 1 to 5. 1 is that you're not all interested right. at all. 5 is that you, you're really interested in it. Almost can't wait to see it. You ready? So three is our neutral here, obviously. Yeah, three is kind of like, yeah, you, you'll maybe check it. Okay, so actually, I take it back. They're not all going to be shows on Disney+. Plus, Like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That's going to be a movie. But a five would almost be something that's big enough that would get you to subscribe to Disney+. Plus. Oh, wow. Okay. I know. I know. That's how big it is. I'm just saying. Because as we know, what Tyler likes to do is he'll take a month where he pays for Disney+. Plus, He marathons the hell out of everything. And then he cancels the subscription. All right, here we go. So the first one lined up March 30th, Moon Knight. Of course, this is starring Oscar Isaac. Scale of 1 to 5, what's your interest level? 2. Really? Just not being a fan of Moon Knight, Oscar Isaac, or what? Just not being a fan of Moon Knight. Oh, see, I'm super looking forward to this one because based on the trailers and everything else, it looks damn good. Now, of course, just because Oscar Isaac is in it does not mean that it's going to be an amazing movie. Just go look at X-Men Apocalypse. All right, next yeah. one. Doctor, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It's going to be in uh, theaters coming up May 6th. Scale of 1 to 5. How you looking? 4. Interesting. Are you going to go see it in the theater? Likely, Yes. Opening weekend or maybe later? Later. Okay. That's going to be an opening weekend for me. I'm definitely going to see that one when it hits theaters. Next one. Thor Love and Thunder in theaters July 8th. Scale of 1 to 5. What's your interest level? Uh, I'm going to go with a 5 on that one. Really? Why? I love Thor. The, after the last one they made, this one is definitely, definitely a must-see. So you know that they're handing over the reins of Thor in this movie. Yes. Okay. It's going to Jane. Right. We're going to get the female version of Thor. But you know what? You know what makes my interest level so high on this movie? Two words, one name. Taika Waititi. That it's dude was behind amazing. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, he is. Did you ever see Jojo, Jojo Rabbit? Jojo Rabbit. Yes, I did. Uh, and it was amazing. God, and see, during I the... Uh, opening, it was at, uh, wow, what's that place called where you go down and you sit and you eat? Alamo Drafthouse? Yeah, it's Alamo Drafthouse. So before the movie, they sent, they showed like a, a movie he made with, it was just him and his camera. I don't know if it was some sort of Project Greenlight or something like that. 
uh-huh. but it was just ridiculously hilarious. He's brilliant. And, of course, he was also the man behind what we do in the shadows. Yes. Okay, next project here. Ms. Marvel. It's going to be hitting uh, summer 2022. Interest level 1 to 5. Ms. Marvel 2. Okay. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. November 11th. Interest level 1 to 5. 3. That's still middle of the road. Is it because we don't have Chadwick Boseman anymore? Yes. (laughs) I wish it were something more profound, but yes. (laughs) Um, the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, December of this year, interest level one to five. Nah, I'm gonna give that a four. I think it should be pretty good. If there's anything, I mean, James Gunn, man, I don't know if he's behind the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. I think he is. Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. We can only hope it's as good as the Star Wars Holiday Special, right? Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> what I was um, it says it's created by James Gunn, man. After after Peacemaker. God, there's not a whole lot that that guy can't do wrong. Peacemaker is absolutely brilliant. Uh, Let me get back to my list here. Okay, She-Hulk. It says it's expected at some point this year. Interest level one to five. One. Really? Even just the the, the big buff green woman doesn't uh, get the juices going? No, every Hulk movie has been terrible. Well, this is a series, so we can hope. Keep your fingers crossed. Uh, The Marvels. Or no, I'm sorry, I skipped over a Secret Invasion. That's expected here in 2022 as well. Mm, that one I have nothing about. So I know nothing about, so I'm going to go with the three, I guess. All right, middle of the road. Uh, the Marvels, uh, available next year on the 17th. Uh, February mm. 17th. The Marvels? What's... The Marvels. Again, I don't know anything about it, so I'll go with the three. Okay. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It's going to be on Cinco de Mayo of next year. Five. Big. Uh, what did you think of Guardians of the Galaxy two compared to Guardians of the Galaxy one? I thought it was better, and I really? like one. Yeah. Oh, see, I, I'm a I'm a bigger fan of one. Uh-oh. Ooh. All right, you ready? We got three more on here. Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania in theaters July 28th, 2023. What's your interest level? There's another five. Yeah. And then here we go. Fantastic Four. TBA on this one. Okay, so again, every Fantastic Four has been horrible, but they haven't yep. made one with this in this kind of Marvel universe. They've all been kind of like separate and yeah. goofy. So I'm going to go with a four. Interesting. All the way up It'll, to a four. And then yeah. uh, final. Oh, go ahead. I think they're going to do Fantastic Four right for They're finally going to get it? Yes, I think. Well, Frank, going back to uh, Thor here, Frank says, I think Jane may die in this one. In the comics, she had cancer, and every time she became Thor, it made the cancer worse. Apparently, her character will have cancer in the film. Yeah, that's possible. Becoming Thor made her cancer worse? How does that work? I thought thought she became Thor to save her from the cancer. Yeah. I would think it would be the reverse. Is it when she I became have... Thor and then reverted back from being Thor that the cancer got worse? Um, let me take a gander here real quick. Because we have um, cancer and becoming Thor. Following the deaths of her husband and son in a car accident, Foster is diagnosed with breast cancer. Jesus, man. Accepts an invitation from Thor to represent Midgard and the Congress of the Worlds on Asgard. Oh, we know they can't go to Asgard anymore. She undergoes therapy, but refuses all magical treatments. 
During the 2014 Original Sin storyline, Nick Fury whispers an at the time unrevealed secret to Thor that causes him to lose the ability to wield Mjolnir. My God, by the way, that's something I need to record. I need to record my kid trying to say Mjolnir. Because we'll be talking about the MCU and we'll be talking about Thor. And she just, she can't get it, man. It's hilarious. Uh, soon afterwards, an unidentified woman picks up the hammer, taking possession of Thor's power as the new goddess of thunder. She fights Malekith the Accursed, Dario Agar, uh, the new Minotaur, and the Absorbing Man. Although Thor initially attempts to reclaim the hammer, he, referring to himself as Odin's son, relinquishes the name and role of Thor after witnessing her wield its power. Odin's son suspects Foster as a possible candidate for his successor, but he soon dismisses her due to her weakened condition from chemotherapy. Angered that someone else is wielding Mjolnir, Odin and his brother Kull, the god of fear, send the destroyer after the new Thor to retrieve the hammer, but Odin's son and, um, I always forget, is it Freya? Is that yes. how you say it? That's what I thought. Assemble an army of female superheroes to aid her. When the battle is over, Odinson asks Thor to reveal her face, but is interrupted by S.H.I.E.L.D., Odinson's last viable suspect as the new Thor. After all other possible candidates came to assist in the battle, unbeknownst to Odinson, Mjolnir has given Jane the strength to fight as Thor while it's in her possession. However, Jane's use of Mjolnir, God, even now I'm having a problem saying it, has perpetuated her cancer as a result from the transformation process, purging all toxins from her body, including the chemotherapy being used for her treatment each time uh, she transforms. I see. Interesting. Well, there you go. So you guys don't have to go see Thor Love and Thunder because they just gave the entire plot right there. Frank says Guardians 2 was slow but set up Ego being moved out of the way so Thanos could do his thang. Uh, pa, 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 pa. Oh, there's one final one on this list here. Tyler, are you ready? Yes, sir. Scale of one to five, what is your excitement level for Blade? This is the one with Mahershala Ali. I'm going to give that a three. Again, I don't know nothing about it. I'm pretty excited about that one. It'd be interesting to see how if they merge anything with Morbius on that one. Because, you know, vampires, right? Am I right? Am I right? I mean, yeah, Morbius <laughs> was a was a villain to Blade, right? Uh, I think he was. I have to look into all that. But anyway, that's going to do it for our MCU talk, which means it's time for... Let's dive right into our gaming news here today. Elden Ring surpasses half a million players during first day on Steam, and Tyler was one of those players. Tyler, not normally a man to uh, purchase a game on its... At the get-go, when's the last time you bought a game right when it was released? Oh, man. Um, in, you know what? Cyberpunk, probably. That's That, I think, was the last time that I uh, actually pre-purchased a game or bought it on launch because it was so disappointing that it ruined me for all other games. <laughs> I was going to say, is that one of the reasons why you don't do that anymore? Yes, sir. Um, says here, Elden Ring's off to a pretty, pretty solid start over on... Steam, it's peaked at over 670,000 concurrent players on its first day, it's putting it just behind Lost Ark. 
Because the interesting thing with this is that at least when you have Lost Ark, it's a... A, that one was free. And it's a multiplayer game. Whereas Elden Ring, it's single player, right, Tyler? Well, I mean, it can be multiplayer. It's constantly online. You can play with a friend. It's kind of harder to hook up with friends in that game, though. And it's more limited. But it's not a massively multiplayer online game. Gotcha. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet have been announced. New starters revealed. And this is where Tyler needs to take over because... Pokemon has always baffled the hell out of me. I know it's a gigantic franchise. I mean, God, this thing has been around since I was in high school. So, as Tyler explained it to me, Pokemon was originally released, you said, red and blue? Yes. And so, try to try to dumb it down for me. Because, again, this is not something that I, I fully understand. Because Pokemon has never been my jam. So the appeal of the original game was to capture, well, it wasn't the appeal, but it was part of the game was to capture all 152 Pokemon, I think it was. Well, that was their tagline or something. Yeah, catch them all. you got to catch them all. So on the red version, you only had a certain amount of Pokemon that you could get. Then on the blue version, there was a different set of Pokemon that you could get. And there was a tool that you could connect two Pokemon together. So this was kind of a way to sell that thing to, or to connect two Game Boys together. So you could transfer Pokemon from one uh, Game Boy to another. So if somebody had red and another person had blue, you would trade them, and that's how you would get up to all 152. And like some Pokemon would only evolve after they had been traded. Blah, 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 blah. Sounds very advanced. For the time, it was. Yeah. Well, coming up here, uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. It says here the release window is late 2022, so you can expect it then. And then, of course, they did a survey that talks about what uh, what's the most popular Pokemon in each state. I don't know what any of these Pokemon are. I know Pikachu. That's it. Alabama and Alaska. They like themselves some Pikachu. So if I were to say that here in Texas... Greninja? It's a pretty popular one. What you the hell is it? it? It's a frog that wraps its... Uh, it's like a ninja frog, and it uses its tongue as a scarf. Did you see a picture of it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. it's, it's a ninja frog, man. It's badass. It is, um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It might uh, be, like Pokemon might not be my jam, but it's pretty badass. Uh, Frank, for your state of Florida, where are we at here? Um, for Florida, we are looking at eh, Pikachu. Look at you guys being original down there. Um, Vero, I believe you're up in Chicago. Illinois is uh, Lucario. Did I say that right, Tyler? Yes. And that one is, oh, it looks like the uh, the Egyptian dog. Kind of. Another really Bul popular one. Bulbapedia is uh, the website where you find all this interesting stuff at. So if you guys want that story's out there, you can find out maybe where your state lies in regards to your favorite uh, Pokemon character. So all those Pokemon are also <laughs> in um, Smash Brothers, Super Smash Brothers. Oh. Ooh, this reminds me too. So I think I mentioned this. Did I mention the, um, the long-ass plane flight we have coming up to Hawaii and I need to purchase some new uh, Switch games? I thought I brought that up on last week i think florida is a pikachu yeah it's a lightning rat 
Um, so I got to figure out what game. So right now we're working through um, Link's Awakening. We also have Mario Kart, which we'll take. Oh, and I almost bought a, a carrying case at Five Below over the weekend. Oh, crap. And Tyler, do you know what I also found over the weekend? I ended up putting it back because I figured I'll just go buy it later. Is that the 100 terabyte or whatever? No, I bought that. Oh, okay. I got the I got the five terabyte hard drive. It was a hundred bucks at Best Buy, by the way. No, I found a kazoo. Oh, nice. We were five below. So um, here in El Paso, there's a kind of a mall area called the Fountains, and so we'll go over there. We'll grab a bite to eat, and um. There's a five below. So usually what you do is when you go put your name in at the restaurants, it's about a 45-minute to an hour wait. So we walk over to five below. We do some shopping. We get a text from the restaurant, and then we show up. And uh, so we did that. And as we were – I asked my wife. Normally we're not appetizer people. We just ordered a meal, but I felt like having some queso dip. So we ordered queso. So they bring the chips and salsa to the table. Oh, we went to Chewy's, by the way. I guess I should probably have started with that. So – which is Tex-Mex. And then this guy comes and drops this little dish of something. It's like it almost it was like a it's like ranch. But it was spicy or something like that. It was weird. And as we were eating it, my wife and I were like, is this the queso? Like, is this what we ordered? Like, this is the strangest queso I think I've ever had. So we had this full on conversation of what the hell? It's, it, it looks like ranch. It's white with like green shit in it. And then as we're almost done with our meal, the waitress comes over. And she's like, oh, my God, we forgot. And she brings over the actual queso. So we still don't know what this white stuff is. If you know what the white stuff is at Chewy's, let me know. Because I finished the damn thing. I ate, I ate, the, whole, I ate the whole bowl of it. But anyway, back to gaming news. The Steam Deck is now out. Valve CEO Game Newell says that he's been playing Final Fantasy XIV on his Steam Deck. Raiding along with his son. So this is just essentially a handheld device for Steam, right, Tyler? Yep. What's it retail for? I think it was $400. Damn. For those who purchase a Steam Deck, you will not have a, sh a shortage of games to play. Remember, that's always kind of one of the big deals when a new system comes out, is how many games are there going to be. What are you guys talking about in the chat? God bless it, Frank. Jesus, man. You gotta get your mind out of the gutter. But it says here, along with Final Fantasy XIV, Valve recently revealed 150 games that will be compatible with the Stream Deck, counting other games that were previously revealed to be on the playable, or that will be playable on the handheld system. Players will be able to access over 300 titles when away from their PCs. So basically, if you're... It's, it was, it's the whole transportable uh, gaming system there. Yeah, it was released just a few days ago. So anybody who has the... If you essentially kind of had a reserve on it, you're able to uh, make your purchase now. And what they do is they send you a link. And you have 72 hours to finish your purchase there if you want to pick up the Stream Deck. And our final gaming story of the day, Skyrim Grandma Shirley Curry confirms she recently had a stroke. It's interesting because we all know how toxic the video game industry can be. 
how negative it can be. I mean, heck, if we want to, uh, Tyler, just call your brother over and we'll mention Lost Ark to him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he hates that. Um, but over on Twitter, a fan had expressed concern over Curry's well-being, stating that she had grown worried about her over the last few days. Curry responded to the tweet, stating that she had experienced a stroke while sleeping on Saturday night and that she will need therapy and in-home care for a while. Curry has since seen an outpouring of support from fans who have offered kind words for her. So best wishes to, to Shirley Curry there. Hopefully everything works out for her. Are you guys talking Elden Ring or uh, Lost Ark now, Tyler? Yes. <laughs> Over in the chat. Frank's a level 24 warrior on Indiana Jones and the Lost Ark East Coast server. No, it's, it's a West Coast server. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for our gaming news for today, which means we're going to move to... Hey, your entertainment news. We've got a few stories here that we need to get to, so we're going to get through this as quickly as we can. We have the SAG Awards 2022, the winner's list. Of course, outstanding performance by a male actor in a television movie or miniseries. That went to Michael Keaton. For Dope Sick, we're going to get a little bit more in that uh, in the next story about him dedicating that award. Outstanding performance by a female actor in a television movie or miniseries. That was Kate Winslet, Mayor of Easttown. I have talked about this before. That show originally, oh my, she was so obnoxious in the first episode. She was just a bitch. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to get through it. I'm glad I did, because if you've not watched Mayor of Easttown, it's on HBO. It is brilliant. Um, outstanding performance by a male actor in a drama series went to Lee Jung-jae of Squid Game. Outstanding performance by a female actor in a drama series, Jung Ho-yeon from Squid Game. Squid Game cleaning up pretty good. Uh, outstanding performance by a male actor in a comedy series. That went to Jason Sudeikis, baby. Mr. Ted Lasso. And an outstanding performance by a female actor in a comedy series. I went to Gene Smart for Hacks. Um, let me see what else here. What shows do I watch? Outstanding performance by an ensemble in a comedy series. That went to Ted Lasso. And then, of course, we have the movies. Will Smith, he won for his uh, portrayal King Richard. Do you know what that movie's about, Tyler? King Richard? Yeah. Is it based on the uh, play? No. Then I have no idea. No, it's he's actually playing the Williams sisters' dad. Venus and Serena. Oh. That's who he's playing in that movie. Outstanding performance by a female actor in a leading role, Jessica Chastain. The eyes of Tammy Faye. Man, God, did you ever see what they looked like in that movie, Tyler? I think no. it was a Andrew Garfield, isn't that, with her? And it was nuts. Absolutely nuts what they looked like. Um... Oh, there you go. No time to die. They won some stunt stunt awards at the SAG Awards there. So going back to 
Michael Keaton. He dedicated his Dope Sick SAG Award to his nephew who died from addiction in a very moving speech. In his speech, he said, I can I can feel right now the rolling thunder of eye rolling coming across. People saying to me things like, shut up and dribble, shut up and act. Which is, uh, he was referring to uh, Laura Ingram's infamous remark to LeBron James when he would get political about things. Which, by the way, LeBron James cares about stuff until it hits his uh, pocket. Like, if it's going to affect his money, you ain't going to hear a peep out of that guy. Michael Jordan is superior to LeBron James in every single way. God, that was something that was really funny that was brought. Um, so we went and saw Kevin Hart last Thursday, and he's talking about how he's friends with LeBron James. And the whole, I'd say the beginning of his stand-up was all about plastic surgery. And how it used to be people, people didn't want you to know that they had it. And now it's almost like a badge of honor. And he's like, you can't, he talks about how somebody was trying to, 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 they sent him a link about how they can make people taller. And he goes to this just hilarious routine about, yeah, he, he can go through with it. And then he's six inches taller, but he's got the same little arms. He's going to be rocking, walking around looking like a T-Rex. And then he mentions a story about how he's at a wedding and he runs into LeBron James, who he's friends with. And he goes, LeBron James is notoriously known for his receding hairline. Remember, he would have, like, you'd have the headband that would go like this on your forehead, and LeBron had his that would just kind of, Did you ever see these pictures online, Tyler? No, I don't think so. And it was the headband on the front would just get a little bit taller, so it's covering up the front <laughs> of his head. And he said, and, and uh, Kevin Hart mentions that at this wedding, all of a sudden LeBron shows up with like this full head of hair. And Kevin's like, no, 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 no. He's like, you can't do that. You can't walk in here and act like nothing happened. You can't expect us to to believe that that's natural and you didn't have something done. Yeah, Frank's got the perfect, uh, that is the Michael Jordan quote. Uh, Michael Jordan had the line when someone asked him why he doesn't call out conservatives. He said, because uh, Republicans buy shoes too. Because they were, remember, they were, um, I think it was in The Last Dance or one of the other uh, Jordan documentaries where he's talking about um, they were wanting him to back, I think it was for governor of North Carolina. This guy who would have been the first black governor of North Carolina. I think I'm getting that right. And he was, he always stayed out of politics because the second you go down that road and you pick a side, you lose half of that audience. But that was always something that was just hilarious working on the morning show, man. Because we would get these right-wing people. Because obviously Buzz was very anti-Trump. And it got to the point where you would get people who would call up the neckline, which was our message line. The people would call up and leave a message. Or they would send us messages through the app or chat or whatever. And he's just outraged about this left-wing liberal bullcrap. And how dare you guys. And blah, 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 blah. I'm never listening again. And then guess what, Tyler? They kept listening. We would get a message from them the very next day. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> all right, there you go. Congratulations. You proved that you were a liar, sir. Well, it's Howard Stern. He Half his audience would listen to him, or 
So half his audience hated him, half his audience loved him, but they gave the same reason for watching him. They wanted to was... hear what he would do next. Exactly. Yeah, that's that famous one from uh, Private Parts when it's um, Paul Giamatti playing pig vomit. And the pig one person run, and they runs up and they ask him, you know, why are people listening? He's like, you know, this percentage is listening because they love him. This percentage is listening because they hate him. But they all listen because they want to know what he's going to do next. But anyway, back to Michael Keaton here when he won the award. He dedicated it to his nephew, Michael, who actually passed away back in 2016 following a battle of addiction. But on a brighter note, have you heard about the show Euphoria at all, Tyler? The only reason I've heard of it is because of Spider-Man and Tom Holland wants to be on it. Because he's dating uh, Zendaya. Zendaya, there you go. Well, apparently Euphoria, it's... I haven't I haven't checked it out yet. There's just other things I've been watching. I think I might. But it's all about these just like drug-addled teens, apparently. And thankfully euphoria because one of the things that that people bring up is that well it it's it's glorifying drug use. It's making teens want to try drugs. Well, one of the things that they have found out at least this is over in the UK, according to the UK Addiction Treatment Group, the show Addiction is helping young people seek out help for their addiction problems. So it's actually doing the reverse. Now, whether these people started the drugs because of euphoria, who knows? This is something else. There's people that I've run into. You watched Breaking Bad, right, Tyler? Sure did. Do you think it glorified crystal meth? Hell no. Okay. Because there are people that I know. It, it's... Just because something is used as a main plot point doesn't mean it's glorifying it. Like, in no way did I think... Like, when it would show Jesse in that big-ass house that he was in and he kept getting high and all, all the issues that he ran into, in the back of my brain, when these people would bring up this this point of it's glorifying it, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I don't... I don't get it. I don't understand what you're saying here. How, how in any way is this glorifying crystal meth? But whatever. Everybody hated the mom on that show, too. And I was she like, was the worst. Oh, yeah, but my God. She was the only one that had, like, a level head. Or, you know what I mean? Skyler? Yes. Oh, my God. She was the worst. So I understand why people hate her, but seriously, put yourself in her shoes. Well, yeah. There was a, a Reddit. I think it was an Ask Reddit question. It, said, it was something to the effect of if... Who, who portrayed a role so good you actually started to hate the actor and her her um, role in Breaking Bad immediately popped into my head immediately because I just could not could not in any way shape or form stand her in that show but it just goes to show you how great of an actor she was uh, that's I don't know that blows my mind because I think she was the only Everybody else on that show were, I mean, they were Breaking Bad. <laughs> well, That's the I name of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that it was, you're, you're rooting for Walter White because he was the cancer patient who ends up selling drugs to support himself. And you're you're rooting for him. And she, she was almost a villain to him in some aspects. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, because he was, what he was doing was completely effed up. Well, yeah. But I, I think that he he played the role in a way that a lot of people were rooting for him. 
so that it was difficult to root for him and then also Skyler at the same time. Well, I understand not rooting for her, but at least understanding, like not hating her. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, I get, I get your point. I get your point. Uh, Amanda Bynes, her parents are supporting her conservatorship coming to an end. Conservatorships are something that's really blowing up recently, especially with that whole Britney Spears thing. The former Nickelodeon star's attorney told TMZ that ending Bynes' conservatorship has been in the works for years, actually. The, the attorney also emphasized a glaring difference between his client and Spears. Bynes has always maintained a close and loving relationship with her parents, unlike Spears, who said her family should all be in jail for their roles in her almost 14-year conservatorship. Yeah, man, Amanda Bynes. God, she was she was the big deal, remember? Back in the day? Yeah. Here's, the, here's my feeling on this. If someone is out of their mind crazy, and then you give them a... You make them famous, and you give them a bunch of money... That's only going to go downhill. Now, if they're not crazy, then no, they should not. They should not be under conservatorship. But if they literally are, if they do have some sort of mental illness, then I see. I get the point. Well, Bynes, who's thirty-five, was placed under a conservatorship back in August of twenty thirteen. It gave her mother legal control of her medical and financial affairs. It came about after the She's the Man actress, then 27, was placed in an involuntary psychiatric hold for allegedly starting a fire in an elderly woman's driveway. Good Lord. Well, we can hope everything works out for her. Yes. Again, uh, out of your mind insane, money and fame, bad. (laughs) Yeah. And finally, here in entertainment news, the Ukrainian president, yes, he is the one that you heard voicing Paddington if you watched it in uh, the at least the Ukrainian version of Paddington. I still remember <clears throat> Paddington. I think it was the first one. It was like the only movie on Rotten Tomatoes that had a 100% tomato meter. And that doesn't mean that it was like the perfect movie. <clears throat> Excuse me. It just meant that it was... Every review was at least positive. So even if it was three out of five stars, that's above 50%. So that counts positively towards Rotten Tomatoes. Vero says, I think she went out of her mind after she became famous. That's true. But going back here. So, yeah, that was uh, President Zelensky that you that you heard on Paddington Bear. Coincidentally enough, it was Paddington 2 that I took my kid to. The day that I proposed to my wife, because my wife went up to Truth or Consequences. There's some hot springs and stuff up there. She went up with a group of friends, and she had planned that a couple of months in advance, or at least a month in advance. And so I planned out that that was the day I was going to take my kid. We were going to go watch Paddington 2 in the theater, and then I was going to propose that night, and I did. And I got it all on film, too. I just haven't done anything with it. Should I add? Should I put that up on my YouTube? Would that interest you guys? My, uh, my proposal of my wife? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, Frank says, Google Andy Dick about going crazy after becoming famous. Yeah, man, that guy, he he gets a lot of the flack because it's he's kind of considered the one that got Phil Hartman killed because he got um, Phil Hartman's ex-wife back on the drugs. So there's that. All right, so that does it for entertainment news. It's time to move on to... That's hey, sports news, ladies and gentlemen. Well, the big soccer match over the weekend. I don't know why I went Australian there. But Liverpool defeated Chelsea in a shootout. Chelsea uh, 
Booted the ball up over the goal, missing the final attempt, giving Liverpool the victory for the League Cup. Of course, also over the weekend, MLS kicked off here in the United States. My Portland Timbers, they came to a 2-2 draw. And Jimmy Chara, man, I'm telling you, go watch that highlight of his goal, the bicycle kick. We might already have the goal of the year from 2022. That was an amazing goal. The International Olympic Committee, they're calling for Russia to be excluded from sports amid the Ukraine invasion. Here's a novel idea. How about we exclude them because of all of the drugs and steroids? Yes, geez. My God. Well, they're not able to compete under their name. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the stupidest thing on the planet. It's the Russian Olympic Committee. They're just not allowed to wave their flag. Come on. The IOC, uh, the IOC said it was needed to protect the integrity of global sports competitions and for the safety of all participants. You know what also helps with the integrity of global sports competitions and safety of all the participants? Not allowing in a country that's known for doping its athletes on a consistent basis. Again, seriously, go watch Icarus. That documentary that's on Netflix. It starts out as a documentary about a guy who's a cyclist, like an amateur cyclist. Who wants to take steroids to see if it will actually help him perform better. And it's this rabbit hole where he ends up eventually kind of being the guy that uncover, under, uh, uncovers the entire Russian doping conspiracy. It was crazy, man. You ever see Bill Burr's stand-up on, on that? Um, I've seen a lot of his stand-up. On which one specifically? Oh, I think he's talking about the cycling, the doping and cycling. Oh, where he talks about, he's like, they should all be doing it. He's yeah. like, don't get, don't get pissed off just because uh, Lance Armstrong did. He's like, everybody was doping. Lance Armstrong yeah. was just better at it than you guys. So why yeah. did you strip him of all of his uh, awards and medals and trophies just because he did it better than everybody? Yeah, so our doped up guy beat your doped up guy. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. I love Bilber. Uh, he's, he is the absolute best. Uh, Kyler Murray apparently wants to be with the Arizona Cardinals, but he wants a long-term contract. They sent out this eight-paragraph letter, by the way, and it's just, it's stupid. So Kyler Murray, yeah, he has been good. Um, but he obviously hasn't been that great because they haven't done a whole lot. In the letter, looking ahead, Kyler believes that in order to consistently compete for championships and ultimately deliver the Valley their first Super Bowl in 33-plus years, there needs to be long-term stability for both the organization and himself. To overtly communicate Kyler's desire to be the Cardinals' long-term quarterback, he sent a detailed contract proposal to the organization. Now, here's what I find interesting about all these quarterbacks that want to get paid the most money. Chanel says Kyler is too small based on today's football players. See, I think the, the the too small thing, I think that's been kind of thrown out the window because when you look like look at Drew Brees, he was considered small and he was breaking records. I think that that prototypical you got to be six seven six eight to play quarterback. I don't think you necessarily have to. Does it help? Yeah. But his Barry, his Barry Sanders was tiny, wasn't he? Well, he's a running back though. Oh, I think we're talking more specifically about quarterbacks because one of the issues that you can run into is when you're 5'11 
and all of your offensive linemen are 6'3", six, 6'4", six, how can you see your receivers? That was always kind of one of the thought processes behind that, of being too short. But well, when it comes a, to a... There's a wide receiver who was tiny. I can't remember who it was. There's been a lot of wide receivers that have been tiny. But, um, like, one of the reasons, you know, with Barry Sanders, when he was, you know, shorter, the running backs can use that to their advantage because when they get the ball, they can see where the holes are going to open up on the offensive line. The defensive lineman, if he's low enough, they can't see you. But here's what I find interesting about all these quarterbacks that have said that they want big paydays or that, that you know, they want to be the next highest-paid player. There's a pretty big reason that Tom Brady won that many Super Bowls and made it to that many Super Bowls. He constantly took a pay cut so the team could use that money to spend elsewhere. And that is what is just crazy to me, where you hear a quarterback like this. Now, whatever his proposal is, cool. Like, if you want to do a team-friendly deal, cool, do that. But in general... If it's, well, I want to win Super Bowls, and then you're requesting to be the highest paid uh, player at your position, that's a contradictory statement, dude. Because if you're taking that much money, you're taking money away from where the team could be spending to help you win a Super Bowl. I'm just saying. Pretty stupid. NFL is going to be uh, going global even more so next year. Of course, we've had games in England and down in Mexico, and now we have a game coming up in Germany. It was announced today the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to play the NFL's inaugural regular season game over in Munich. They were weighing three different cities. It was Munich, Frankfurt, and get this one, Tyler, Dusseldorf. I was kind of hoping they would pick the latter just because we get to hear that constantly. But the NFL will host the first game with the Buccaneers over in Munich next season. And then in 2023, there will be a game in Frankfurt. Back to Munich in 2024, back to Frankfurt in 2025. Major League Baseball and the Players Association, they remain far apart on their new CBA deal as the deadline is looming. Does anybody even care, really? Like, Tyler, would you even notice if Major League Baseball was canceled? Nope. There you go. Tyler's opinion rules all, so if he doesn't care about it, nobody does. Yes, that is exactly how the world works. <laughs> and our final and our final uh, sports story, Derek Jeter stepping down as Miami Marlins CEO and shareholder. God, this goddamn Derek Jeter, man. This dude stepped into his role with the Marlins, with these promises of we're going to bring in all these players, we're going to do all this stuff, and then he essentially sold off the team. Just gave away all the best players. Giancarlo Stanton. I think he might have been Mike Stanton still back then. Oh, they just gutted it. And if you want to see a great, 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 great interview, jump on YouTube and then go uh, search Lebetard um, Rob Manfred interview, the commissioner of Ma uh, Major League Baseball. Because Lebetard takes him to the task, man. He points out all of the hypocrisies and everything else that goes on with Major League Baseball and how the the, the well, I'd say the city of Miami, but really just all of South Florida kind of gets the raw end of the deal. Yeah, see, Tyler, you're right there. Vera says that she loves uh, tailgating before a baseball game. Oh, you're up in Chicago. So are you closer to Cubs or White Sox for that, Vero? 
And then Tyler comments that you can tailgate for any uh, for anything. You don't need baseball. That's true. We were going to tailgate um, one of for our Kevin friends' Hart? kids' birth. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. The mom shut that down, but we were like, yeah, we'll show up. You know, we'll have our beers. We'll be out in the parking lot. When you have the kid, call us up. We'll run on in. Yeah. We tried to tailgate at a, it was a Soundgarden Nine Inch Nails show. This was up in whatever the amphitheater is just north of Portland up in Washington. And God, this one cop was just a dick about it. Like we, we had some sandwiches we were going to eat. We we're going to drink a few beers and then we we're going to go inside. And this guy comes over and he's like, what are you guys doing? It's like, well, we're drinking a beer and having a sandwich. Like it's, we're not hiding it from you, man. Um, and, uh, so he just, he was just ragging on us. And so I put my beer kind of, you know, tucked away. And, uh, as he's getting ready, he's like, what's that right there? Is that your open beer? And the, the, the guy is, is an a-hole. So when we get into the venue, we run into one of our friends who's a police officer. And we, we recount the story to him about what this jerk-off was. And they were like, wait, did he look like this? And they were in, uh, he described what that officer looked like. We were like, yeah, that's him. They were like, yep, we know that guy. And sure enough, they were like, yeah, he's that cop. He's that guy. He's the one that's on a power trip that is going to do whatever he can to let you know he is the officer and you would better shut the hell up. Shocking, right? Shocking. Man, right, are they that's... supposed to give psych tests for that sort of thing? To weed those people out? I get, I, apparently not everybody gets pinged out of there. At least that's according to our friend. But that's going to do it for our sports news for today as we wrap up on a story about a Nine Inch Nails uh, Soundgarden concert. All right, here we go. This is what's next on the show sheet, right, Tyler? We got through uh, sports. Am I the A-holes? Yeah, okay. Yes, yes. All right, we're going to get through these MLA holes. I have two of them here for you guys. So the first one, and you guys get to decide which one you want first, all right? I'm going to give you just the headlines, and you guys will say number one or number two in the chat. This can be either in Twitch, over on Facebook, or over on YouTube, whichever you guys prefer. So the first one, am I the a-hole for letting, or I'm sorry, am I the a-hole for not letting my sister-in-law wear my wedding dress? Number one. Number two. Am I the a-hole for being upset with my sister for wanting to skip my wedding because of her miscarriage? I think number two is more interesting, so we should save it. So we'll start with number one. That's my vote. All right, so Tyler's voting to start with number one. What do you guys want to go with there? You're more than welcome to, uh, to chime in again. Number one is, am I the a-hole for not letting my sister-in-law wear my wedding dress? Or is it, am I the a-hole for being upset with my sister for wanting to skip my wedding because of her miscarriage? Twitchy says number two first. Yes. Yeah, see, uh, see Captain Hammer's, yeah, Captain Hammer's right there with you. Start with number one. Two is juicy. Again, you're going to get both. You aren't deciding which one you get. I'm just asking which one you guys want to go with first. Both wedding-related. And I'm telling you guys, listen. If you ever want to cause family members to hate your guts, if you ever want to start a rift in your family, get married. Have a wedding, because guaranteed somebody is going to be upset. There's a whole big chunk of my family that's still butthurt that they weren't invited down here to El Paso. The plan was we were going to do the thing down here in El Paso, and then we were going to throw another party up in Portland where all of them were going to be invited. 
and it just didn't work out that way. I think there's still members of my wife's family that aren't talking to her because of stuff that went down with the wedding. So seriously, happiest moment of your life, it's going to be ruined because there's always somebody that's going to get butt hurt about something. But all right, so we'll go with number one here to start things off. Am I the a-hole for not letting my sister-in-law wear my wedding dress? It's a 28-year-old female. She's married to a 30-year-old male. It says here, I've been married for almost six years now. At the time of our engagement, neither of us had much money, so there was no way I could have afforded the wedding dress that I wanted to wear. Quick side note here. Why does the woman buy her wedding dress, but the man rents his tux? What's more likely to be used later on down the road? The wife's wedding dress or the man's tuxedo? Tyler, what do you think? I mean, the tux is probably going to be used again. It's Again, it's something that just baffles me. But anyway. She continues on here saying, We spent over a year finding the... Um, oh, here we go. Sorry, I skipped a line. Thankfully for me, my mother is something of a seamstress and offered to help me make my dream dress. We spent over a year finding the pattern, picking the fabrics, and making my beautiful wedding dress completely from scratch. It's the first big project I've ever sewn, so I'm quite proud of it. Making it also making it also brought me much closer to my mother, as the whole project was sort of a bonding experience. It also holds a lot of additional uh, sentimental value, as my dad passed away while we were making it. So I sewed a heart-shaped cutout of one of his shirts into the lining of the dress in order to keep him with me on my big day. This dress not only brought me closer to my husband, but my family too. It means so much to me. My sister-in-law, 23-year-old female, just got engaged recently and is in a similar situation with her wedding. She just got out of college and started to work as a teacher. Between her loans and a relatively low salary, she doesn't have very much money to pay for her wedding. Dress shopping has been a bit stressful for her as all the dresses that fit her taste are just too far out of her budget. This all leads up to Tuesday morning when she called up my husband and asked if I would be willing to let her borrow my dress. She mentioned that it could be her, quote, something borrowed. My husband says that he would have to ask me first because it wasn't his to loan out. His sister told him that it wouldn't be a problem and I'd barely miss it as it was just sitting in a box anyway. He still said he would have to ask me and forgot about it. He finished his work day and picked me up for my job and we came home to his little sister trying on my wedding dress and his mom clipping it in the back to fit her better. Seeing somebody else in my dress totally blindsided me. I was stunned and asked what they were doing, and my mother-in-law said that they were planning alterations since my sister-in-law is significantly smaller than me. I told them that there is Ooh. no way I would, be I would be loaning my dress out to anyone. It not only represents my love to my husband, but the bond with some of my family as well. This escalated into an argument that ended in my mother-in-law calling me a selfish bitch and leaving with my sister-in-law. My husband thankfully grabbed the dress during the argument so they didn't grab it when they left. I was really upset, but thought about it after, and I had some time to calm down. I don't have any issues... I don't have any issues for my dress, and I do love my sister-in-law. I feel as if maybe I overreacted and shut them down too quickly. Am I the a-hole? 
Tyler, thoughts? Well, dang. Um, there's a lot going on there. I'm not going to presume to know what it's like to A, be a woman, and B, have a wedding dress. But I would think that if it means so much to her, walking in on them and seeing that, no, I don't think she's the a-hole. Especially because she's now calmed down and considering to let them have it afterward, the fact. Uh, she is most definitely not the a-hole in any way, shape, or form on this one. And quite frankly, the fact that her sister-in-law was bold enough to go start to, to, to actually try the dress on before getting any sort of confirmation that she was going to be allowed to use it. Oh, and by the way, if they make alterations, those are permanent. Yeah, that's kind of messed up. Captain Hammer says, screw that. They were going to alter it without asking. Definitely not the a-hole. Twitchy says everybody sucks here. Explain more, Twitchy. Vero says not the a-hole. And she said it was a knee-jerk reaction and they didn't even ask. No, I'm completely with her. To put the fact that she made this dress from scratch. She even went to the point where she took a, a piece of her dad's shirt cut out as a heart. God damn this fucking camera. I swear to God, dude. I am so done with this goddamn camera. Is it still blurry on your end, Tyler? Nah, I'm at a commercial right now, so... Oh, <laughs> I forgot to turn that off. Woo. I'm just, I'm turning off the, the phone. I'm just turning it off. Good God. But yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with not the a-hole on this one at all. She's, she's most definitely not the a-hole. Um, but yeah, seriously, if you guys want, you know, ruin, ruin uh, relationships with your family, throw a wedding. Twitchy says, in my opinion, it's, it's just a dress. I know the value to her is priceless, but she ain't ever going to use it again. I mean, I, I kind of get that. I don't know, but I'm also one of those people, too, that it, how you approach something is going to dictate how I react to you. And if you're going to go behind my back and start trying this thing on, you're going to talk about the alterations you're going to make. Sorry. No mas. No mas. And Vero, you got a very good point there. She could hand it down to her child. God, people just get so weird around this crap. All right, here we go. Are you ready? The next one. Am I the a-hole for being upset with my sister for wanting to skip my wedding because of her miscarriage? What's your first impression here, Tyler? Man, this is going to really depend on how long it's been since the miscarriage. But I'm going to say... Gut reaction. Gut reaction. For being upset. I'm going to say yes, gut reaction. That she, that the, that, uh, the one getting married is the a-hole. Yes. And right. again, that's with... Very little information to go on. Well, yeah, it's just the headline. All yeah, right, here we go. So, I, hate, I hate reacting to just the headline. But well, yeah, but that's, but that's the point, is that just based on that headline, how you feeling? Yeah. So it says here, <laughs> Captain Hammer says, gut reaction, everybody sucks. Um, so it's 28-year-old female. She says here, I'm getting married next week. Invitations are out. Wedding planning was complete. And everything is going according to plan. However, my sister, who's 31, just had a miscarriage, and my mom told me that she told her she decided to not come to the wedding. 
I was dumbfounded. I called my sister to talk about it, and she said she was exhausted and doesn't feel like attending. I told her that this is my wedding, not some family dinner she and her husband decided to skip. She apologized, hoping that, quote, I'd understand. But I said that I don't, because I really don't understand what does her miscarriage have to do with being at my wedding. It's not like she gave birth and needed to stay with the baby. Holy shit. <laughs> um, I know, right? She must have had me on speaker because her husband heard and started scolding me about how this is a traumatic experience that my sister just went through and said that I was insensitive to talk to her like that. I asked him to stay out of it, but he started arguing, telling me to respect my sister's wish and respect that they're grieving. I insisted he let me talk to her, but he said we were done talking. I ended up losing my temper with him, and he told me, F your wedding, then hung up. <laughs> I like that guy. My fiance was in the room and heard him say that. He wanted to uninvite him and my sister over this instantly, but I didn't let him. Ah, oh, see, I told you, man, if you ever want to cause a fight with your family, just throw a wedding. It doesn't even take like crazy people like this. She goes on to say here, I called my mom and she promised to speak to my sister and convince her to come. My dad called me later on and started berating me about harassing my sister and told me to leave her alone. I asked him if my brother-in-law told him about our fight, but he got defensive and told me to get off my sister's and her husband's back and drop it. I told him how upset and hurt I was that my sister decided to skip my wedding and how little she thought of it. He replied that my sister has a valid reason and was not coming across un and I was coming across unfeeling and selfish not to see that and lash out over her missing a party. All capital letters. This is not a party. That's my wedding. It matters to me. I was there for hers. Why can't she do the same and show up for a few hours? My dad said he won't tell me again to leave my sister alone and I ur and urged me to stop bringing it up and, quote, gang up with mom to get my sister to go out. But I wasn't doing that. Long story short, tension has, oh, has been taking uh, over since then. Mom thinks that a calm discussion will do, but I feel like my feelings are ignored and misunderstood, especially from my sister. Tyler, how you feeling on that one, man? I think my gut reaction was right. Like, seriously, I think was it Vero, yeah, Vero said that comment alone is a-hole. Yeah. It's not like she gave birth and needed to stay with the baby. God damn. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, yes, Tyler, you mentioned it in the in the chat there. Just had. She just had the baby. Or just, just had the miscarriage, I should say. Yeah, if, this is, if it happened like a year ago, okay. But she just had... She's going to have to go there. First of all, she's going to be super upset dealing with all the memories. And then everybody who's at the wedding is probably going to hear about it. And they're going to be like feeling super sorry for her, treating her with kid gloves. It's going to make it worse. Yeah, right? Like, uh, it just... Uh, oh, yeah. So one of the oh, top man. answers over here on Reddit says, yeah, you're the a-hole. You have no idea what it's like carrying life and hope inside your body than to lose all of that to forces outside of your control. People need time to collect their composure and grieve. The world doesn't revolve around you, and you're certainly not a person worth gravitating towards. <laughs> oh, my God. 
That's brilliant. And then they quoted from here with the, the, with the brother-in-law saying, F your wedding. And they just put under, underneath that this 100%. Yeah. Um, oh, and then other people here mentioned, too. I can't believe she said it's not like you have a baby to stay home and take care of. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. So somebody else commented on there. Like, it's it's quoting what that kind of what that comes off as. Your baby's dead, so you're free, right? What's the big deal? And they continue on here saying, you're the a-hole for having this attitude. I know those weren't your words, but it's an accurate paraphrase. You could easily have said, I understand that you are hurting right now, but I would really appreciate it if you would still come to the ceremony. You don't even have to stay for the reception, but it would mean a lot to have, for me to have you there. But if the answer is still no, then you're the a-hole for not taking no for an answer. That's a damn good synopsis right there. That person sums yeah, it up perfectly. That's very reasonable. Holy man. Somebody else here says, uh, I just said out loud, Jesus effing Christ, how insensitive are you when I read that part? I so hope this isn't real because it's an awful thing to say about somebody grieving a lost pregnancy. F your wedding. You'll be lucky if your sister ever speaks to you again. And then they even quoted where she's, uh, the lady said, I wanted her there because I care about her. To which they're like, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> It's not the sense I get. Yeah, not at all, man. Yeah, Vero sums it up uh, perfectly right there. She's obviously a brat. Yeah, man. God. Are these the kind of kids we're raising these days? These selfish bitches? Anybody oh, else? Yeah. The fact that her mom says, oh, I'll talk to her sister for you. Like, come on, mom. Somebody get on, else. Get on the yeah, train Yeah, what dad. the hell? Again, I'm telling you, if you guys want to cause a rift in your family, throw a wedding. Somebody else said, if you were my sister, F ever speaking to you ever again. And then somebody underneath that responded, this, for real, all of this. My God. Then uh, directing it towards the poster here. You're the a-hole, no questions asked. Your sister and brother-in-law deserve the time to grieve. Your sister doesn't want to explain to anyone at the wedding that she's not pregnant any longer. She doesn't want to see a pregnant woman and burst into tears. She doesn't want to sob over kids at the reception for someone showing her photos of their baby or someone showing photos of their baby. I get the feeling that if your sister did have any of these very normal responses and start crying, you'd be upset at her for making your day, quote, all about her. She wants the day to be all about you. That's why she's not coming. She doesn't want to take any of the focus. She just wants you to have your day, and she's going to take her time to grieve. Send her flowers and a meal. Tell her you're sorry. Put a slice of the wedding cake in a freezer for you and your brother, uh, for you and your brother-in-law that you can all enjoy together when she's ready. Nailed that. So that one kind of stayed true there, huh, Tyler? Oh yeah. Oh, where did my final? Story I was just go? I was worried that it was going to be like, oh, she had a miscarriage, you know, a year or two ago. No, apparently it just happened, man. And see, yeah, again, I mean, as a, oh. even as a, even as a, you know, I don't have my own biological kids, but I, you know, I have my daughter. It, it's I've known people who have had miscarriages. I've known a lot of them, and it. I could only imagine what they're going through. It's I, yeah. there's there's no way I could I could fathom the the amount of emotions and the and the weight of that. So I'm not gonna pretend to. 
I'm going to move on to Nickelodeon. Hey, there's our palate cleanser. There you go. There you go. We're getting a little palate cleanser with Nickelodeon. So over the weekend on Saturday, we watched a documentary on Nickelodeon. I thought it was great. It goes back from the early days. You can't do that on television. And kind of how that was the real big jumping off point for Nickelodeon. Um, And they were trying. Man, Oh, that's what I was going to look up was Banana Man. Did you ever watch Banana Man? Mm, banana man it doesn't yeah i it's it's one of those ones that i'd completely forgotten about it was a british animated comedy series that ran from 83 to 86 and then i believe because what they were trying to do with nickelodeon is they were they weren't going to make their own cartoons they just wanted to to syndicate it and there was the lady that ran nickelodeon at the time she told tells a story about one of the guys who was she was trying to purchase um these these cartoons off of and he flat out told her, I will never sell you one of our cartoons. It's not about cable. It's all about broadcast syndication. Um, God, I, I, I remember watching Banana Man. I wonder if you can find the old episodes on uh, YouTube. That'd be great. So, anyway, so here's some things that maybe you didn't know about Nickelodeon. This is one of the things that they go into big time is the Nicktoons. Ren, Stimpy, uh, Ren and Stimpy, Doug, and Rugrats. They were all premiered on the same day in 1991. It was Nickelodeon's very first original cartoons. They showed clips of Ren and Stimpy. God, I mean, we all remember that it was messed up. But then when you watch the clips, it's like, holy crap. I see what our parents were upset about, man. Magic Nose Goblins don't whiz on the electric fence. The Simpsons. Go ahead. The creative types were definitely on drugs back then. That's the only thing. I mean, it had, it had I think I think there's a you know, um, hell, look at the people that created It Takes Two and we were playing that. How many times oh, did we comment to. like they had to have been on something? They had to have been. <laughs> Simpsons creator Matt Groening called the Simpsons, uh, the Ren and Stimpy show, the funniest cartoon on TV and the only good cartoon other than The Simpsons. What? That's what he said back in the day, okay. man. Arlene Klasky, creator of the Rugrats, got the idea for the show when on she was on maternity leave. She was inspired by two questions. What would babies say if they could talk? And why do they do the weird things that they do? God, talk about a show that's branched off into so many other things. Isn't there's a cartoon that came afterwards? It was it was uh The Rugrats Grown Up. Yeah, I don't know anybody who watched that. Well, I think we were kind of phased out at that time. I suppose that's a good point. A little old for that. It's, oh, that was one of the funny things. As we were watching this documentary, when it's the 80s and the early 90s, I'm like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. I remember, like, Snick. Snick was, like, 93, 94. You know, you, you may be having a sleepover with your friends. You, you watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes, I was going to say. And as as we were going through... um. As we were going through watching this documentary, it was me going, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. And then as it got less and less of me doing that, it started to pick up more and more of my wife doing it because there's a five-year age gap between myself and my wife. So as I was getting phased out of that age group, that's when she was really coming in. Uh, The documentary, it, it goes into Blue's Clues and how that thing started. That originally started as how do they do a game show for infants? I'm not a cradle robber, Tyler. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, it was. Uh, it goes into that, and then there was also. Oh shoot! What was the other? There was another part that I was going to bring up. There, it, it, it went into Nick Jr. and Blues Clues. Oh, and it um, for Are You Afraid of the Dark? It was originally going to be an old man telling stories to a group of kids. But then when they zeroed in on that they wanted to do scary stories, they thought it would have been a little bit too much to have an old man telling these kids stories. So that's when they created the Midnight Society so that it was kids telling other kids these stories. Do you know what the powder was? No. Because remember how they would go um, submit yeah. it for the approval of the Midnight Society and then it would and they would throw right. it into the fire, and it would flame up. It was a, a dried coffee creamer. <laughs> nice. Um, because it's it's it was um, flammable enough that you'd get a reaction from it, but it wasn't going to it wasn't going to kill the fire, and it also wasn't going to put it out. But the the big flame, I, I think there was somebody. It was like a gas flame, and there's somebody actually controlling that. So when they would throw it, they would turn it up, and then that's what would ignite that, and then. As a precaution against getting complaints about um, the actual stories, they made sure that the stories in Are You Afraid of the Dark were based on some sort of a classic tale, like a Jekyll and Hyde or something like that. Because then they could always point to that and be like, well, this stuff's been around for ages. We're just retelling the story. And they, they made the claim in this documentary they never actually got a, um, a complaint. Uh, back to the list here. The original design for Tommy from the Rugrats, as he's seen in the first episode, he's wearing a red shirt, not his signature blue shirt. It's always funny going back and watching original episodes, like a pilot, because then how things change. If you go back and watch one of the first episodes of Seinfeld, his dad was played by somebody else. It was a completely different actor. Um, what was another one? Um, oh, in news radio. The pilot for news radio, Joe Rogan, wasn't the repairman. It was a different guy. They ended up bringing him, uh, bringing him in after the fact. Uh, the babies and Rugrats—they're all voiced by ladies. Elizabeth Daly, who voices Tommy, she once recorded a session so while she was in labor. Christine Cavanaugh, she voiced Chucky on Rugrats. She also voiced Oblina. Was it Oblina or Oblina on All Real Monsters? I don't was, remember. God, yeah, I forget. And then uh, as well as uh, she was Dexter in Dexter's Laboratory and Babe from Babe. Um, the character design of Our Real Monsters were partially inspired by the Beatles' Yellow Submarine. Oh, I forgot their teacher wore, wore red high heels. <laughs> oh, God, that show was nuts. Like, I was old enough that I, that, that I wasn't... I wasn't an avid watcher of that just because I was too old to really be glued to Nickelodeon at that point. But I remember as I was flipping through the channels, that drew my attention. I was like, what the hell is that? The Ah Real Monsters trio appeared in a crossover episode of Rugrats in season six. Did you know that Doug's neighbors, remember what their last names were, Tyler? I do not. The Dinks. I do not remember that. And do you know what the story behind the Dinks is? Nope. 
Double income, no kids. Ah. The character for Doug from Doug was originally called Brian, but show creator Jim Jenkins changed it because it sounded too fancy. And he wanted Brian. the character to have an ordinary name. Brian sounds too fancy. Yeah. And then we're going to find a best friend, Doug, and then we're going to give him a best friend hug. Goes on to say here that Jenkins based Doug partially on himself. Oh, that's a, this dude. They have him in the documentary that's on Hulu. And yeah, it's, you can see Doug in this guy, man. He's even got Doug uh, apparel and stuff behind him. He even has the the quail belt. Quail man. You remember how Doug would put that crap on his head and that would be his quail? I do remember quail man. There, he has a real life belt sitting behind him in that. But nice. it says here, while Patty was inspired by his childhood crush, Skeeter was based on his childhood best friend and Roger was inspired by a boy who bullied him. So essentially all people kind of filled the roles there. Doug and Skeeter have such thin hair purely because, well... It was easier to draw. Kind of like how they do the three-fingered thing. Frank says, when Disney took over Doug, it hurt my heart. Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life was originally yellow, but the creators were forced to change him to beige when Nickelodeon wanted to get a toy company on board who already had a yellow toy line. Was it The Simpsons? Although Rocco's Modern Life got away with a lot, the infamous scene where Heifer gets, quote, milked was cut before being broadcast in the United States, but it was included in international versions of the show and also on the VHS. Damn, there's one for you, Tyler. Uh, Uh, These were children's shows, by the way. Yeah, Frank says weird because Paramount Plus has Nickelodeon, Doug. And then Disney Plus has their Doug. Yeah, and I looked it up. I was trying to find where I could watch old episodes of Ren and Stimpy. And that's apparently over on Paramount Plus. Hillwood, where Hey Arnold is set, is a fictional city based on several cities in the United States. Seattle, Portland, and Brooklyn. Did you know that Hey Arnold started out as a, um, like, claymation? I did not. Hey Arnold's TV debut is actually on Pee Wee's Playhouse. I thought that looked familiar. Because the creator of Hey Arnold, um, Craig Bartlett, he actually worked on Pee Wee's Playhouse for a few episodes. God, there was a, a, a random VHS tape that was in our VHS collection. I think it was originally bought as a gift, but it was an episode of Pee Wee's Playhouse. And it was the Luau one. And I remember the jokes about the poo-poo platter. The character Arnold was partly based on series creator Craig Bartlett, who incidentally is married to Matt Groening's sister, Lisa. Lisa is the person who came up with the idea for Helga, who has the crush on Arnold. Creator, oh, Go ahead. How did we turn out even remotely normal? Like, I'm just thinking about us, like all these shows that we, our know, generation, right? and maybe we're not. Maybe that's the... <laughs> We just think we're normal because everybody's as messed up as we are. I mean, perception creates reality, right? True, true. <laughs> God, we watch some weird stuff, man. And, th- and sit and think about all the actors who were in Pee-wee's Playhouse. Lawrence Fishburne? Phil Hartman? 
Uh, the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants, Steven Hillenberg, was a marine science educator as well as an animator and got the idea for the show after noticing how fascinated the kids he taught were by tide pools. Goddamn, SpongeBob gets my funny bone every time, man. Finally, SpongeBob was originally going to be named SpongeBoy, and the show was named SpongeBoy Ahoy. But the name had to be changed when the creators discovered a mop company had already trademarked it. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, just goes to show you all the pains that go through trying to name something. That's something I don't think a lot of people understand. When you're trying to come up with a name for a podcast or something else, you got to start Googling what's already out there, man. I mean, that's how we fell on Rockstar 101 with Shim and myself. It's also how we ended up on um, the history of rock. Which, by the way, new episode dropped this morning. I highly recommend you guys go check it out. If you guys want just the audio version, you can do that with Spotify, Apple, or Google. But if you want the video, make sure that you guys check that out. You can head on over to my YouTube channel, The Real Brandalorian. Shim does a great, great little song about Mookie Blaylock, which was Pearl Jam's name before Pearl Jam. Of course, Mookie Blaylock, also the former NBA player. Who kind of has a dark past a little bit, man. Like, that dude went through some stuff. We'll wrap up the show on this today a little bit here. But this happened about nine years ago. It was 2013. During the afternoon on May 31st, Blaylock was involved in a head-on collision in Georgia. He was initially placed on life support, but his condition later improved. Blaylock's vehicle traveled left of center, causing the accident. A family member stated he had a history of seizures... And although it was unknown if Blaylock was experiencing any symptoms at the time of the collision, he was under doctor's orders to not drive due to the seizures. Blaylock had a history of alcohol abuse, and it was determined he suffered a seizure due to alcohol withdrawal. Although initially surviving the crash, a passenger in the other vehicle, a mother of five, died as a result of injuries from the collision. Blaylock was charged with vehicular homicide, driving on a suspended license, and failing to stay in his lane. Blaylock had an outstanding warrant in Georgia on charges of DUI and drug-related offenses at the time, but investigators did not believe alcohol was a factor in the crash. Blaylock has a history of DUIs, at least seven of them. Back in 2014, Blaylock pled guilty to killing Murphy. Facing seven to ten years of trial, he accepted a plea bargain. With the plea, he served three years in prison. And a fourth is a suspended sentence, followed by eight years on probation. So there's Mookie Blaylock for you. Don't they take your driver's license away after, like, four? I thought they were supposed to, but obviously, I mean, it says here one of the problems that he ran into is that he was driving on a suspended license, so maybe his license was Mm -hmm. taken away. Just because your license is taken away does not mean in any way, shape, or form that you're going to stop driving. You know what I mean? Fair point. So, God, we need a palate cleanser for that before we wrap up this damn show. See if I can think of anything I can remember from that uh, from the Nickelodeon documentary. Yeah, palate cleanser for our palate cleanser. Yeah, God, it was a good palate cleanser until I took it dark, right? All right, well, we'll wrap up on this. How about this? Make sure when you guys are here, head on over to the Original Gamer Life YouTube channel. That's where I'm posting a lot of our gaming clips. We have, uh, it's funny, somebody had commented, I can't use the language you did because he uses the N-word, but... There was, at the very end of a match on Friday, it was myself, Tyler, and Brandon. I think Angus, this was the match where he got booted. And um, we were battling for Bravo. 
and we almost came back. It was close, man. But I added all this music and stuff to it, so this one guy's comment on it was, dude made a whole movie. It's like a 30-second clip. We also have the top five Halo moments of the week. Frank, you can go check that out. There's the one match where we were playing where everybody's chucking the seeds all at one time. There was I toss a Kong and a couple of grenades for a double kill, and it all gets wrapped up at number one, and that would be Tyler's uh, uh, squad wipe using the gravity hammer on the back of the mongoose, which is just brilliant. So go check all these out. You can find Original Gamer Life. You can find us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. That's where all these uh, get posted to, so make sure you guys are watching it, like it, and if you could, I'd much appreciate it. Share it as much as possible. Get it out there on the other social medias because that's a way that we're able to do this stuff, especially even things from my channel here at The Real Brandalorian on YouTube or on Twitch because that's an easy way for you guys to help us out. Oh, which reminds me, uh, our merch goal is about to run out. I think I'm going to extend that thing by a few days because um, I want to I want to be able to get enough money here. We've been talking with Viva La Mocha and Charlie, and we've been working towards getting some T-shirts, stickers, patches done for you guys. And if you guys would be so kind, it's much appreciated. Again, if you can't afford to uh, spend any money, please help share all this stuff. That's an easy way to help us out. If you can, $1, $5, $10, $20, $25, doesn't matter. Help us get to that goal because then what we can do is we'll be able to um, essentially purchase the shirts and everything so that we can do some giveaways and then also put them up on a merchandise uh, website to sell. It's all going to go through Viva La Mocha, by the way. So if you guys are able to do that, it would be much appreciated. Tyler, any parting thoughts on the show today? Nope. Just thank you, everyone, for watching. Really appreciate it. And really appreciate it if you would share the content. That's the best way to grow a show is by word of mouth. Exactly. So as much as you guys could do that, we would appreciate it. On that note, have yourselves a fantastic Monday. I'll check you all later. We'll be back on tomorrow, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, as we'll be playing some Halo. We'll see how many people are able to join us. So peace out, everybody. Have a good uh, have a good Monday. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.